morning, turn with me to John chapter 10. The Gospel of John chapter 10. John is always great. Um, You just can't go wrong with the Gospel of John. I end up saying that about every book of the Bible that I teach or preach on, but nonetheless, John is uh, none other than one one of the greatest at using what Jesus says here, and, and He's most unique. I mean, you don't have this text anywhere else in the Gospels. John alone has more new material, so to speak, than anybody else of the writers. And here he does something for us that I want to connect back to the Old Testament, just like we've been doing. If you'll remember, we've actually been in a series now for... Actually, ten weeks... Uh, not forever, Bob, but close, close. Ten weeks is a long time. Uh, so, But we've been in this series for ten weeks, actually, because we did two Sundays of preface work, and then we started going one by one through the Ten Commandments, which, which may have struck some of you as going to be boring, you know, uh, going to be laborious. I already know it. I don't need that. I already follow the Ten Commandments. But I hope that you've seen that the Ten Commandments run deep. They run deep within the Bible. So when they're set up in Exodus, when they're set up in Deuteronomy, they flow through the rest of the Scripture in other commands. You see, these ten commands are actually a generalization of what God is trying to do in our hearts. Obviously, the first four, as we talked about, deal with our relationship to God. The latter six with our relationship with one another. Now, we're on commandment number eight today. Hear these words from chapter 10 of of the Gospel of John, Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought all, sorry, out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used when he was saying to them, or uh, sorry, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let us pray. 
Jesus, we thank You for Your holy Word. Bless it now to our hearts. Help us to hear what it is You have to say to us this morning and respond in true faith and love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. Do not steal. Now again, most of us are going to say, really? I mean, look at us. We didn't have to steal to get where we were. We work hard in this area, and most people do. And hey, we make a good living. There's no need to steal around here. So how in the world is this applicable to my life? Well, bear with me for a few moments and you may see that. It very much is applicable to all of us and that all of us, as Jesus says here and claims here, have been at times both robbers and thieves. (laughs) It's not the way I picture you when I think of you and pray for you weekly, but Jesus often shocks us with the claims that He makes on our lives and what He's expecting from us. It's interesting that children which I have four of. One of them has not gotten to this stage yet, but all three of the others have proceeded to do this one thing, and that is mine! That's mine! Right? They did it this morning. Uh, Someone started crying. Someone started screaming. And I said, what's going on? He took my toy! It was a little car. He took it from Bob. And Bob doesn't fare well with these things. Uh, And so he says, it's mine, right? Now, here's what's unique. Here's what's interesting about children is you don't have to teach them to think everything is theirs or to snatch something out of somebody else's hand because they wanted it. You don't have to teach children to do that. If Jessica's walking through the house and she's got a cookie that I want, I don't just snatch it out of her hand and they see that and they say, you know what? That's the right way to live. Give me that, Bo! You know, that's not the way we operate at our house. She's not snatching stuff from me. I'm not snatching stuff from her. And yet, our children naturally, not only ours, but yours, not only yours, but everybody's, has always thought mine, all mine. Now, I can't help think but of Gollum, Smeagol. I mean, Tolkien, what he does is brilliant because he encapsulates in a fictional character in Lord of the Rings exactly who we are in our natural state. We find something, we want to hold on to it, and the more he holds on to the ring, the more death it brings him. Even though he lives a long time, he's only brought loneliness and death to himself. And this is us. Mine! It's our, it's our knee-jerk reaction. When you, when you hit us, our, our reflect is to say, that's mine. And we want what other people have. And so, sometimes we take it. This is what we all have done as children, is it not? <laughs> that's what my children, children do. And then you have to teach people to be generous. You have to teach people not to allow money to be their God or possessions to be their God. <clears throat> And so, this morning, I want to say a few things about the social aspect of this commandment, but also the divine aspect to this commandment in perspective. So just socially, I mean, the reason we don't steal is because the Bible protects our possessions. This is why this commandment is in the negative. Remember, most of the commandments are in the negative. Do not steal. 
Here, this one actually prohibits us from taking from others what is not ours. That's goods, uh, that's possessions, that's land, that's swindling people. Isn't that what Jesus, the Luke reading that we had today? Remember, he, he bumped up the price. Hey, how much do I owe that, owe that old boy? All right, well, I'm going to charge this old cat over here. I'm going to charge him more in order to get my money. Yeah, you just stole. That's thievery. There are many different kinds of stealing. You know them. Armed robbery, which I hope none of you have been a part of. You know, I start with the big one and move my way down to the ones that you probably have done before. Uh, Armed robbery, illegal entry into somebody's property or business in order to take something from them by, by force without their permission. Shoplifting, looting, even destruction of property, which... Most of us can check that off when we were teenagers. We probably did some kind of destructive property on somebody else's land or with their possessions. We, we did it on purpose just to be dumb, just to be fun. And the Bible says, you know what? Looting, doing this kind of petty theft and shoplifting is actually wrong. The Scripture speaks against it uh, in the Old Testament. Also, dishonest business, this is wrong. The Proverbs, the wisdom sayings in Proverbs, many of them deal with dealing shrewdly with people in the business realm. In other words, don't do that. It's actually against God's law. Uh, Also, employees stealing from the employer. Uh, This is also talked about in the Scripture. Also, cheating on your taxes. That, That really brings it down to home, doesn't it? Especially if we do our own taxes, we have kind of the power to smudge some stuff here and fudge the truth there. And Jesus says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. (laughs) Now, you got to understand, when He said that, that wasn't just saying to pay your taxes. You realize that the the, the reason I ask that question is because Pharaoh, not talking Pharaoh, uh, Caesar, who was like a Pharaoh, a leader, a king, they considered themselves God's. And so they're saying, why do we need to give to this guy because he's, he's like a, you know, they think he's a god. Why would I give to him? And so they were trying to set up a, a thing of, do we give to God or do we give to the false god? And he said, you give your taxes, yeah. Doesn't it have his picture on it? Then you give it to him. What is his? And give to God what is God's. So your taxes, you can steal on your taxes. You can cheat and thieve on your taxes and, be, and become a robber. Also refusing to pay debt. If you refuse to pay your debt, run up the credit cards and then run out of town, declare bankruptcy, the Bible says even though the state no longer holds you accountable, I hold you accountable. Now which one's worse? God or the state? Uh, There's also keeping stuff that you found and trying to make no effort to find its owner. You know, you find something. Eh, You know what? Nobody's going to miss this. It's not about missing it. It's not about if the company's big enough, they can handle this little bit of a piece of material. What stealing is, what thievery is in the Bible is actually getting something without working for it. That's what it is. It's getting something. It's taking something. It's, it's deceiving someone to give you something without having to work for it. Which is, well, I like to Amanda's point to, to Mr. Curlin up here which was the fact that, hey, you didn't just get it, you worked for it. 
That's a principle that we all need to understand. And you know what? We're not always going to be able to get everything we want. Haven't you realized that already? But that's okay. Because what we do have, we can appreciate more, tell me if I'm wrong on this, if we work for it. I mean, when you work for something, and then somebody tries to destroy it, then somebody's driving like crazy in it, oh no, that ain't going to happen. See? Now if it's daddy's, yeah, who cares? You know, he can buy a note, right? If it's the government's or if it's your boss's, who cares? Uh, so what I'm saying, this comes all the way down to when you rent a car, if you run it into the ground, are you not cheating those people, thieving from those people, in a sense, stealing from them? Treat it like your own. Your own position. If you ran the business, you would want people to treat it like that, would you not? So this thing of stealing is actually it goes deep. It actually is not just armed robbery, you know. Um, no, it's not just that. So also, uh, you know, claiming work that you've not done. Even plagiarism uh, of work. So, you know, somebody else does a lot of work, it's your job, and then all of a sudden you take the credit, that's stealing in God's eyes. And it's a sin, it's wrong. And there are repercussions for that. Again, maybe not in this life, but who matters most? God or your boss? Isn't He the ultimate boss? Absolutely. Okay, so different kinds of stealing. That's the social aspect of it that is prohibited. And most of us know this. Most of us don't need a refresher course in this. But I give you that to preface it to this, and that is we also are prohibited from stealing from God. Now, you think you know where I'm going with this, and that is money again, right? Uh, Because, you know, the minor prophet, he says, look, Malachi, he says, look, are you going to steal from God? No. Instead, you bring your tithes to the storehouse, to the church, to the temple. And that's where you put it. Are you going to really rob God? That's his words. Are you going to rob God of money? Now, we're not going to take up another offering. But I just ask you this question. Are you robbing God in your Christian life? You know, do you trust Him with your finances? You say, oh yeah, I give my 10%. Let me challenge you on something. In the New Testament, it's not just about the 10%. It's all God's. And so if you're going to give sacrificially, isn't giving sacrificial mean it's going to hurt you in some way? Now how many of us honestly, let's just be real honest with ourselves, how many of us actually give to where it hurts ourselves? Where it's actually a sacrifice. Where we actually have to cut something out. I don't know. Maybe most of you. Uh, but my point here is simple. And that is, we think, we're patting ourselves on the back, but how many of us really are robbing ourselves of a blessing? The Bible says, specifically, it's better to give than to receive. And that when you give, God will press it down and it will become overflowing back to you. That may not be monetarily. But in here, what better, what better thing in life is it than inner peace? You can have all the money in the world and not have inner peace and commit suicide like we've seen so many people with so many millions of dollars in their pocket and they could care less about life. Why? Because they haven't been able to find peace in here. What does is, what is the old proverb say? It's better to, ha- better to eat with people uh, what does it say? Eat with people uh, when they only have crumbs and water than with a big feast and wine among quarreling people. 
Isn't that the truth? If you're quarreling in here, it's actually better just to live a simple life. It's more fulfilling and and happy. I mean, haven't you noticed by now, the more things you get, the more things you want. And the less you're satisfied with it. I mean, have we not learned that principle yet? We try to teach it to our kids, right? But it's a principle that we adults need to follow as well. It's not all mine, mine, gimme, gimme. Instead, we're actually more satisfied when we have less. It's really an interesting concept, but my kids, when they have only a few toys to play with, they play with them vigorously. When there's a million in the room, they hardly play with any of them. They come downstairs saying, "Uh, you know, we need to do something else. Why? Because it's an overload. It's not what we're made for. We're made to work for what we have and appreciate what we have, not bypass it. Do not steal from God. Give your money away to God. But not only this, money money is, is lower than what I'm about to tell you, and that is your life. Did you not hear what the kids said? What has God given to us? He's given us life. That is a gift. So what are you going to do? Are you going to steal God's gift of life? Of time? I mean, we only have so much time in this world. What are we going to do with it? Make our own schedules and and demand that, that everything is still mine? See, we're still playing this game mine. No. No, instead, we give it away. I know it sounds upside down, but isn't what most of Jesus, His teachings are upside down to the world? And yet there's life there. There's true joy in giving. Have you ever noticed that the more you try to pursue happiness, pursue joy, it's like grasping at the wind. As soon as you bottle it, I got it! No, you just killed it. No, joy... You have to go with it. You have to give your life away in order to have it. It's the crazy... The, the tighter you try to clinch onto your life and, and, and force your way into the world, doing your thing in the world, the less enjoyment, the less happiness you're going to have in your life when you give it away to other people. We, I mean, this is crazy, but try to help somebody else get promoted at job rather than yourself. Anybody ever think about that? How would God look at that? (laughs) I know it's crazy. But He has a crazy kind of love that's in the world. Isn't that what happened to you? God is not concerned with Himself, but rather you. Isn't that what what, what drew you, I hope, to God's church in the world? Is that they're not concerned with their self. They're actually concerned with someone else. That's why I don't ever want our church to be self-absorbed and steal from God. No, we want to be other-focused. That's why our motto this year is growing something to share. We're a tree, and a tree does not eat its own fruit. You ever notice that? Apple tree doesn't eat apples. That's for someone else. That's for our neighbors. So too is our life. Our life is not for ourselves to be bottled in for ourselves and kept on a tight line instead. No, it's meant to be given away. Now, it's actually easier to give money than it is our life. But the way of the cross, remember the last song we sang, Oh, the wonderful cross. How can Christians sing about a wonderful execution tool? 
It's like saying the electric chair is wonderful. Oh, the wonderful electric chair. I mean, it's nuts. And yet, the point is clear. The only way to life... Now you know why we have a worship team. It's because I can't sing. (laughs) The only way to life is actually to die. Bids me come and die. The only call of Jesus is to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Him to the place of death. So that we might rise in new life. Isn't that the only way that that a caterpillar becomes a butterfly? Is to go through a sort of death in this cocoon? Yes. And so to us. We must be buried with Him in order to be raised up with Him. Don't steal from God. When I was young... We went to a little place often, because my dad's a pastor, called the Gospel Lighthouse. It's a Christian bookstore. And on one afternoon, we went with mom and dad as a family affair, and just the four of us. And uh, we went into the Gospel Lighthouse, and Justin wanted these markers to mark in his Bible. Uh, my, my younger brother, Justin, who's actually taller than I am, you would think he was my bigger brother. Um, but he... He uh, one of these markers, and Dad said, "No, we're not going. You know, not going to get those markers." Um, and he popped, bought whatever it is he was buying. We got back in the car. And we were we were headed to go to Dairy Queen, and uh, I look over, and Justin said, "Look what I got, man!" And he pulled out two highlighters for his Bible, and he was pumped about it. You know, I mean, he's he's going to be able to, to to mark in his Bible the Word of God. You know, uh, do a very Christian thing here. And I said. Where did you get those markers? Out loud. As he was whispering to me, I did not whisper back to him. And Pop, of course, said, Markers? And then it was, it was, it was bad from there. It was all downhill from there. Uh, and we realized that my brother, Justin, who now is an orthopedic surgeon, actually stole from the Christian Gospel Lighthouse in order to mark in his Bible and read about Jesus. Uh, so it was an interesting... Uh, juxtaposition there that that he was in as you lay those two things side by side he was both stealing from man and stealing from God at the same time I guess Uh, but nonetheless he's repented of that sin I talked to him this morning and I told him I was going to use him in this message Um, as just an example you know we want certain things in life and the the, the natural knee jerk reaction is you know what I'm going to take it just going to do it I don't care what anybody else thinks I don't care who it hurts I could care less what my dad says or any kind of authority over me. I'm going to do with my life what I want to. And this is the attitude younger on, earlier on, and if we're not careful, it'll be the attitude when we're an adult. I'm going to do what I want to do with my life. Is your life your life? That's the question. If it is, you're stealing from God. And you're also stealing from others. Because you cannot love God and love others if everything is mine. Amen. So this prohibition is twofold. It's, a, it's against stealing from others. It's against stealing from God. But it also protects certain things. And that is, it protects your hard work. 
If you work hard from your money, guess what? You get to keep it. You don't have to give it away to somebody. That's, there's, no, there's no law that says you have to give it away to somebody. No, God actually guards against that and says you are to give joyfully and generously where you want to give. You have that opportunity. No one is telling you where to give your money. You get to keep it. And no one else can take that from you. So God actually protects this right to land, right to uh, work. In other words, the idea that what is yours is mine is not an idea found in the Bible. The Bible actually talks against that kind of idea. No, what's yours is not mine. And what's mine is not yours. And yet, we're supposed to have the kind of heart that is generous enough to share with our neighbors, to share with our co-workers, to give our money to right causes, and to give uh, our 10% to God's kingdom and His church. So, it actually protects from greed. It protects from selfishness, this thing of stealing. It also protects us from making the earthly uh, material things that we own our own. Ultimately, everything returns to God, right? I mean, He made everything. And therefore, everything ultimately has its aim in God. So we have to understand that, that really, when we say, oh, I've got these certain abilities, or God has blessed me in this certain way, or I have this certain job, it's almost, and you say, it's mine. That's, that's like saying, you know, my kids, they, they, every year they get me a, a, a birthday gift, right? And I say, oh, okay, thank you, son. Well, where'd that money come from? Did, did they make it? They don't have a job. Sometimes wish they did. They don't have a job. They can't. Guess what? That was my money. They basically, I gave myself a gift. That's essentially what God has done. He's given you your body, He has given you your relationships, He has given you your time, He has given you your breath, He has given you blessings. So, what are you going to do with it? You're going to give a little bit back to Him and say, alright, see what I did for you? You haven't done anything for Him. No, it's not about that. It's not some kind of functionary thing, you see. God's not wanting you just to throw money at problems, throw money at people, or throw money at Him. He could care less about that. It's about relationship. I can't teach you to love, but your giving reflects the way you love God. I, nobody can teach. I can't make you love. I wish I could make people love God. <laughs> I wish I could make myself love God more sometimes. I tell myself, you're an idiot because you haven't loved God in this area. You haven't trusted God in this. But you can't force love. But when love is trusted, when His love is trusted, that's where happiness is found. That's where you're able to release these things and not be a robber and a thief. The last thing here is not only does this commandment prohibit us and also protect certain things uh, in this life, but it also points, this commandment actually points to the person of Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's why I read the Gospel of John chapter 10 to you. Jesus says, look, if you try to come in a different way other than the door, then you're a thief and a robber. If you try to gain salvation from God 
any other way than by coming to and through Jesus Christ, who is the door. Remember how they said, oh, I don't understand this parable. He said, let me help you out here. I am the door. And I'm also the shepherd. So I'm the, I'm, I'm the gate. And I'm also the gatekeeper. And I'm also the shepherd of the sheep. That's because He's the one mediator between God and man. Because He Himself is both God and man. Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd and His sheep hear His voice and they obey. They know Him. They love Him. He is not like the thief. Did you notice that? The thief comes only... Who is he talking about? The deceiver. The accuser of men who is Satan. That serpent of old. You see, in order for there to be good news, there has to be bad news. And there's some really bad news in the world. And that is, there's someone out there, there's... There's a being out there with a lot of other angels and demons and spirits that hates you, hates your possessions, hates your relationships, hates your life, hates your family. We're not told to delve into why. I mean, He is the incarnation of Sauron, Saruman, Voldemort, Darth Vader, You see, these are representations in modern literature and movies of this evil that is prevalent. They hate to hate. They they steal to steal because they can. And He wants to destroy your entire life. Every relationship, everything good, but He's not going to come up and tell you that. He is the car salesman who sells you a lemon with eloquent words with bright, flashy lights. And Jesus says, don't listen to Him. He came in another way. He is a hireling. He does not own the sheep. He will not lay His life down for the sheep, but I will. Don't go chasing the stars. Don't go chasing the eloquent things in life, but rather the simple things. The cross. Acts of kindness at work. Giving your life away on a weekly basis for the sake of Jesus Christ. Not taking, not the attitude of mine. That's mine. Are you stealing from God by taking your life into your own hands? Have you entered through the door, through the gate? Who is Jesus? We always want to enter by other means, by, by working for God. You know, we, we act like it's a job. Oh, I gotta give my tithe, and I gotta read my Bible, and I gotta pray, and I gotta raise my family up right, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. No! Love. Love. Not gotta. Love. I mean, what I'm teaching my boys ultimately is how to be a good person in the world and to love their dad and to trust me. If they obeyed everything that I ever told them and did not love me, it wouldn't be worth it. So too with God. It's not just about rote obedience, but rather loving obedience. You do it because you love Him 
with all of your heart and you realize that your life is not your own. Every gift that He has given to you is precious. Not something we just pass over or take for granted. But instead, it's precious because our Father gave it to us. He's entrusted it to us. Did He not entrust all of mankind with the world? Be fruitful and multiply? Absolutely. And that's still the command for us today. He is the good husbandman. He is the good employer that we work for. But we don't work for Him just for a paycheck. We work because of love. Love is at the center of everything we do. Just like in a marriage, you don't hopefully do certain things just out of chore. I mean, sometimes you have to make yourself just because it's a chore. But at the end of the day, you do it because you love the other person. You want to help them. So too with God, it may start out as a chore, but it becomes love. It must become love. And if not, that needs to be your prayer this morning. Lord, may my obedience, may my giving, may may my life be an act of love for You. An offering of love. I, I know it's like my kids giving me a gift for my birthday. But you know what? I treasure that because of their heart. Because of their heart of giving. So too with God. What are you bringing? What are you offering in your life? You know, talking about all these thieves and and, and whatnot, there are a couple thieves in the Bible that are redemptive stories. One being Jacob who gets his name changed. He's no longer a thief of birthrights and, and of possessions. Instead, he gives his life away to God and becomes in the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The other is right there on the cross with Jesus. Isn't he? The thief on the cross. You ever noticed that he's a thief? He's being killed because he's a thief. And yet he looks to God and he says, Remember me, Jesus when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus tells him, surely you'll be with me today in paradise. If you've been stealing from God and you know it, and you're willing to man up on that and confess it today, you know what? And look to Jesus. Look to the gate of heaven, the doorway of the face of God. If you're willing to do that today, He looks at you and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. You may have a lot of things going on, but paradise can be here today by the peace that the Holy Spirit brings to your life. Do you know how valuable that is? It's more valuable than all the money in the world. True peace and joy here. Do you have that kind of peace? Do you have that kind of joy? Are you a generous person or are you a thief and a robber? Has the devil stolen from you Things that you didn't mean to give Him? Has He stolen time away from you? Has He stolen relationships? He wants to destroy you, but the good news is, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd is here today in order to bring salvation, protection, and life to us if you'll only hear His voice. Will you hear Him today? I hope so. And respond to Him by loving Him with all of your heart. Amen.